As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of your goal guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week I bring together some of my people to dive into the topic. Um, and you might be watching this as Goal Chat Live. You might be listening to this as the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. However you found us, we're glad you're here. And in the case of today, talking about speaking out of the box. Now, every I am a proud Innovation Woman member, speaker, workshop leader, etc., uh, founded by Bobby Carlton. And every, oh, I, I was going to say quarterly-ish. So about every three months, I bring in Bobby Carlton and John Chen from Engaging Virtual Meetings to like really geek out on a speaking topic. And we have a rotating um bonus guest. And today we have Shelly Goldstein. Uh, so we're all Innovation Women members here. And the other thing, oh, where was I going with this? I forgot. I'll get there. But <laughs> the whole purpose of the, it's, first of all, it's a wonderful, wonderful platform. And um, it is basically, if you are a female speaker or a male, male ally speaker, it is a wonderful self-service platform for getting women or women-friendly men, I guess, on more stages. And there's so much to talk about. So after we did one of these, we just kept going. So I'm really excited to have Bobby Carlton, John Chen, and Shelly Goldstein here talking about speaking out of the box. Because if ever there was a time to get out of your box, it's now. Because everything, well, everything gets reinvented every 30 seconds, right? And this, if this is your year to set and achieve those speaking goals, you have come to the right place. Uh, and before we dive in, let's let my guests say more things. So, Bobby, let's start with you. Who are you? Why are you here? And why speaking? How did you get to here? I mean, I know, but other people might not. Um, so hi, I'm Bobby. I'm the founder of Innovation Women, which Deb just described so well, I don't even need to. Uh, but my focus is very much on getting more women on stage at conferences and events. And yes, a few good male allies. Thank you, John, for your allyship. Uh, so how did I get into speaking? Under duress, definitely <laughs> under duress. So I started an event in the Boston market called Innovation Nights. 
I'm not very creative, I guess, when it comes to company names. Uh, I just take innovation and plunk something on the end. But I was doing innovation nights and I had to be the host. And the first event I saw video of myself and it was, ooh, I was a hot mess. And I said to myself, I am never going to look that bad ever again. And so I got better. And then people started asking me to speak. So the first few times, woo, it was awful. And then after that, it got better and easier. So practice, practice, practice. That's what I always tell people. Back to it, you, Deb. It will, and a lot of people, they're like scared of speaking. You know, isn't it like the biggest, one of the biggest fears people have? And I just, I mean, I understand it from a logical point of view, but not from a Deb point of view. Because I've been, um, well, I did competitive speaking for fun in high school and college. So yes, a little bit more about me, but I'm a firm believer that if you can articulate, you can do anything. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Absolutely. hundred percent. So I think that people, you know, have a fear and oh, by the way, have been told many times that they probably have a fear. That's one of the things that I talk about lately. I've been really kind of thinking through, should we be talking to people about their fear of public speaking? Because I feel like it just contributes to more people being afeard of it. (laughs) That's a really good point. It's sort of like if someone says there's a monster in your closet, you're going to be looking. That's right. Right. So I love it. So let's just kind of spread the word that speaking is fun, engaging, and awesome. And maybe less people will be afraid of it. Yes, I said it wrong on purpose. John, <laughs> Me great too. to see you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, speaking, why speaking? Well, first of all, why don't you share who you are? You why John Chen? Oh. Why John Chen, then why speaking? Uh, I'm John Shen. I'm the author of a book called Engaging Virtual Meetings and a company of the same name. I'm very proud, actually, this weekend, uh, February 1st and 2nd, just was the lead producer for a hybrid for Washington Black-owned businesses. So happy Black History Month to y'all. And uh, it was really cool to see a program that was super engaging as uh, all the speakers were Black, all the organizers were Black, and it was really around elevating their businesses, right? Elevating their businesses. So why speaking for me? You know, I was in the third grade and I ran for president at school at the third grade. And you know, when you run, you got to give up speech. And I just remember still to this day, right? Just being nervous. Your heart is racing, right? Your hands sweaty, all of those things. And I, and you know, except for the part that, oh, I forgot to tell you that I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie, right? I'm the guy who also skydive out of a plane. Skydove, that's a real word. Uh, I'm a, I was a sponsor. We're, we're, we're making speech. up words left and right today. Oh, so I know. I'm going to be a fan of skydiving. <laughs> and uh, so and love race cars and all these other things. And so, you know, speaking, if, if you... If you are the adrenaline junkie, I think that speaking is like one of the biggest hits you're ever going to get. You know, when when I, we talked to people, we said, don't ever give a speaker, you know, bad feedback when they get off the stage. Let them like soak in the drug of adrenaline while they finish speaking for at least 10 minutes or so when they get off stage. Just tell them what a good job they did, no matter how it's like. And so to me, speaking became the way. And so the last 27 years, I spent my life speaking and facilitating, which I think is a special form of speaking. Good luck, Deborah, today. And I'm currently now the president-elect for the National Speakers Association, and I'm in the third stage of attempting to get my certified speaking professional designation, which only 17% of the members have ever gotten. And so, yeah, I think that. Speaking is like one of the best ways, I think, to build your business and influence people. And and I think that each of you, if you're listening and you're not speaking or you think you're not a good speaker, work at it. Because no matter what you're doing, even if it's speaking to people in your company to influence them, 
the better speaker you are, I think the more you're going to get out of life. Back to you, Deborah. Shelly, great to have you here. So please share who you are and why speaking, because you're in the business of the business as well. Absolutely. Well, why not speaking? is maybe the question, but I love how everybody's making up words here today and talk about thinking, you know, speaking out of the box, you make up a word, but if you say it confidently, people might lean into that and go, that's a great word. They look it up and they say, wait a minute, but it could be fun. You could have a lot of fun with it as we did today. So I'm a little stickler when it comes to words. I love to play Scrabble, but certainly it is a way to get attention. And I, as a big personality, think I like attention, but boy, oh boy, when I was forced to go on stage, when I was stepped into the speaker role unprepared because the keynote did not show up, oof, my confidence waned big time. And what was interesting was, I'm not quite sure exactly the process, but at some point, the audience was really engaged. It was very surprising. And I walked off stage saying, well, I was terrified when I walked on, forced on. And yet everybody seemed to respond in kind. So what happened? What happened? And I began that journey of figuring out how confidence suddenly happened. And it can, and it does all the time. We talk all the time. We're not teaching you how to speak. You know how to speak. So what's that differential, right? What's that part where we freeze up? What's stopping us from continuing to speak in any situation? So, and we we can dive into the whole what stops people, but I think you're absolutely right. Everybody's absolutely right. We need to take back the word speaking and make it a good word because it is. It's good, it's powerful, and it opens doors to wherever you need to be. So now I'll ask the question, what is it that people find either fearful or intimidating? What stops people from speaking? Bobby? I think a lot of times it's the uncertainty of the whole process. Uh, You know, I talk with a lot of female speakers or female wannabe speakers who have incredibly powerful voices who are fantastic at their jobs who just have not done so yet you know they haven't stepped out on stage they haven't put themselves out there and just the uncertainty i think of it all i do think there's also some trepidation when you are first getting started because you don't know how the audience is going to react i talk to speakers all the time who are like, I'm fine with the whole speaking aspect. It's when I get to the Q&A, I don't know. Like there there are different things that make different people nervous. And I do think that there is a physical reaction for a lot of people, you know, including myself that first time out, uh, the the sweaty palms, the, the flutter in the stomach and You know, I'm a big fan of let's reframe that into you're excited, not nervous. Uh, But there is a physical reaction that your body kind of goes through when you are starting with public speaking. One thing I want to add before we go on to Shelly with this question is people don't realize, but this is what we are doing now, podcasting. This is speaking. Speaking is not just stages. It is being in some public forum and whatever kind of baby steps to get into speaking and gaining that confidence, everything counts. It's like with goals. Every goal that you set for yourself, little or bit counts. Every speaking opportunity, every time you're talking to people, it does count. So Shelly, what do you think stops people from speaking? Well, it's a lot of what Bobby said, and it's a perception in our minds that we have this idea of what others might perceive us as, what, you know, they're going to walk away with. And the dialogue happening outside is not the dialogue happening in your head. We can talk ourselves into so many different things, negative and positive. 
if we lean into fear, if we look at fear as a good thing, it's the unknown, as Bobby mentioned also. But the unknown is, that's where innovation is. That's where creativity is. That's where, you know, the fun happens. You know, you go to a party and you meet new people. That's unknown, but you're not fearful because your mind maybe sets a different stage. So it would really be interesting to just reframe that whole idea and walk in and just think of, well, what if it wasn't so fearful or what if, okay, I'm fearful, I'm scared, I'm nervous, but what if that nervousness wasn't there? I would be excited and at ease. So let me try that. The other point being, which you, you kind of said, is that people don't want you to fail. When you go up on stage, oh. the audience really wants you to do well. And I think Nobody. people don't get that. Nobody wants a bad keynote. Nobody. Oh, not only does nobody want a bad keynote, do you think people want to watch a car wreck on stage? No, they want you to do well. Well, well, that made reality TV successful, car wrecks and train I wrecks. Like However, wrecks. I'll take it back. <laughs> most of your audience is there to support you. Yeah, they want you to win. They want to hear something great. You're the you're the subject matter expert. Yeah. Think about the last time you came off stage. There's nobody waiting for you at the bottom of the stage to tell you you were terrible. They are there to tell you you were fabulous. That was fantastic. They learned something. Like they will come up to you and tell you what a great job you did. So much so that for a lot of speakers, they're like, hey, I would really like some great constructive feedback. And people are like, that was amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, no, seriously. Like, you know, isn't there anything I could do better? Yeah, don't change yeah. anything. You're great. And, and then you never become a better speaker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I do encourage people like ask for very specific feedback when you've been yeah. doing public speaking. Yeah. Was it too fast? Was it too slow? Did that joke that I did at the beginning, did it hit? You know, did you understand what I was talking about? Ask for very specific things so you can get better. Yes. Awesome tips. But I feel bad. John didn't answer the question about what stops people from public speaking. So well, this oh. would make, makes Deborah. We were actually somebody else was just talking about this. Speaker equality as a facilitator is like so important. So when you're the facilitator of a panel, like giving people the opportunity, even if I just say pass, is so important, right? So the fact that Deborah recognized that uh, makes me want to be here and feel like I belong. You're gonna love this. You know, fearful. What's fearful or intimidating about speaking? Nothing. No, no, no. The fear is, I've got articles about the fear is real, but I got this. You know what fear, you know what fear is? Fear is the fear of effing it all up, right? Yes. That was, a, that was my new joke on fear. And, and, and the second part is if it's so fearful for public speaking, why do so many effing people want to be speakers? <laughs> You sit in the audience and then all of a sudden there's that moment you're like, I can do that. I want to be that person. And it's supposed to be the scariest thing. So, so what I really wanted to say is that if you're fearful about speaking, to me, it's usually because your focus is wrong. Everybody I know who's fearful about speaking, if you ask them, what are you afraid of? They say things like this. I'm afraid about how I look. I'm afraid about how people are going to judge me. I'm afraid about what I sound like. I'm afraid about what I look like on camera, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and if you, that's how you focus, the fear's going to get you. It will eat you. It will eat you up alive. Right. But when you change the focus to serving, often the fear of fears away. Ooh. But, then, but that's why we're here, right? Even why we're having this conversation. Yeah, I, I'm not having fear in this conversation because I'm having fun. But because the key is here too. I, I think about everything that I'm going to say and I really think about it from the point of view. How can I really help somebody? How can I really serve somebody who is having that fear? And that fear is real for a lot of people. I just met somebody, you know, last week. You know, top end dentist owns an off owns like five or six offices, has to public speak at associations, and it scares the crap out of him. 
And I said, I can help you with that. Let's help you with that. All right. I saw Shelly's profile on LinkedIn. She's like, she can help you with that. Bobby, right? Coaches people. I can help you. Deborah, you want goals? I'll help you get goals. And so I think when you get into serving, you'll do way more for others than you would ever do for yourself. And so then you kind of forget the fear, even if you have it, because you are serving other people. And and as soon as you do that, then your focus is entirely different. And I think you'll be better at it. I'd like to add to that. It's interesting because the focus is on you when you're on that stage. It's just you up there. There's nobody else. And that's fearful, right? However, to your point, John, if you're there to share information and you revert the focus from you to the audience. I'm here to help others serve others in your words. It's a beautiful thing. All of a sudden it's like, it's not about me. It's about sharing something really terrific and engaging with them, bringing them into the conversation with some interesting questions. And that's another way to find out if you're successful on stage, right? When they come back to you with questions, ah, They're listening. They heard that point. They heard the other point. What resonated with you? Oh, my goodness. That's a great, great way to just sort of guide the way, you know, gauge the way that people actually, if you are good, because they're responding with repeating the words you said and asking specific questions. The other thing that the two of you are treading into is dev territory. So the D in dev method is determine your mission. You can't get what you want unless you know what that is. But if you take that time, if you gift yourself that time, and Bobby knows this, we get it probably on Speaker Friends Friday for Innovation Women, I think at least once every, because we do it every other month, but at least once a session, someone asks, how do we focus? And it goes back to what is your mission? What are you about? How are you helping others? And when you start with that, it grows from there. Right, Bobby? I I actually also wanted to chime in because something (laughs) Shelly said made me go, oh, yes. And then she didn't go the way I thought she was going to go. She went a different way. When you talk about being on stage by yourself, you don't have to be on stage by yourself. I mean, there's so many different kinds of speaking opportunities. You could be on a panel, sitting in comfy chairs with a whole bunch of other speakers, like doing a conversation like we're doing here. It can be a virtual presentation. You can be a co-presenter. You could be the demo person for a product presentation. You could have a round table. I mean, there's so many different ways to be a speaker. And if you're nervous about being up there by yourself at, at first, start with a panel, start with online, start with podcast mm-hmm. guesting. That way you're not alone. And you don't have to cannonball into speaking. You can. <laughs> yeah, you you know, I was just saying you, you, the comfortable part, Bobby, is so important. Like the more and more is trying to get that fear, right? Is to figure out how can I be comfortable? And here's the best part too, Shelly. I think people respond when you are more you. If you think you got to be the next Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey or whoever is your favorite speaker, right? You're going to fail. You will fail at that too. But if you can be the best Bobby Carlton on stage, right? That, And a lot of people don't want big name speakers now. They want more authentic speakers. And so I, I, you know, I think that's something that's super important. I also want to give a shout out to Estelia, who is on uh, Facebook Live, and she said, this is a great chat, Deb. Yes, it is a great chat. Thank you, and thank you, Stella, for tuning in. We've got a couple other people watching live um, way up and early in the chat. So if you are watching live, we thank you for being here and give us a hello. And if you're watching the replay, you can always comment in the chat as well and or Reach out to any or all of us on LinkedIn. It'll be in the recap at thedevmethod.com slash blog. Okay, so I think we're getting people really excited about speaking. Well, at least I hope so. Uh, But I really want to circle back to the topic of the day, which is speaking out of the box. Because, and it's been said before, everybody loves this idea of speaking. There's so many people speaking. How do you stand out as a speaker? What does speaking out of the box mean? And how can, uh, this is like seven questions. Let's, let's go to what does it mean to speak out of the box? And then we'll dive into some specific strategies. John? 
stand out? Well, I'm really. Oh, no, don't act like you don't know the answer. I'm. This is. This is. By the way, this is a professional speaker tip. Stall. So you say something. You say something like the speaker said. Stand out. And they just fall. <laughs> it's good. half of the time. It's me trying to think of like something really crafty because you made me first. Okay, so that's the first one. Stand out. I think one of the things. No, this year. One of my goals, especially in virtual and hybrid, is to use what I call uh, technology and technique, right? So I actually have some, you know, a lot of crafty technology here, right? So I can do crap like just like teleport myself in a bunch, bunch of places, okay? <laughs> and, and that's one of them. But the, the technique is that there are so many non-technical tricks or techniques or, or, or uh, tactics for engaging the audience and for great speaking that, that, then so this is the year that I'm actually using both of them at the same time. So if you see any of my new programs coming up, like, by the way, I'll give a shout out to stream alive. I'm going to do a, a program on Valentine's day on stream alive and really show an example of technical, you know, technology and technique. Uh, and, and I want to give a, 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 the other piece here that really thinks about speaking out of the box. I have recently sp spoken to a lot of people who are new speakers. And this is probably the scariest of all times to be a speaker. It's like, I want to do this. And then you're just, I have no idea what to effing do. I'm going to try and put effing in as much as possible today. And, <laughs> and one of the things I tell them, I said, this is the gift of the pandemic. The gift of the pandemic is you can invent your own stage. All you have to do is put out a Zoom registration or whatever platform you're on. And if you can get 10 people there, you can speak to them and you can learn something. And I just tell people, do it for free at the beginning so that you can figure out your cadence and your, your stick and who you are. And, and you can fail vastly, you know, <laughs> on virtual and you will learn so much faster than if you try and like speak in your head or design the perfect speech. You know, I'd rather get the feedback from a live audience. So that's what I think about speaking out of the box. Thank you, John. And I have to tell you that Bobby was actually one of my gifts of the pandemic because someone who I met through in Boston, Keith Spiro, turned me on to Bobby, who I only met because of Jeff Pulver, because of his uh, passion-based networking. And he said, you want to speak, you need to know Bobby. And you blink. That was like three and a half years ago already. Wow. So I, I appreciate you using the phrase gift of the pandemic because uh, everybody's been kind of forced to fast forward and level up their technology skills. But when you think about it as a gift, it's really um, much more pleasant way to think about the challenging last four years. Shelly, what does it mean to speak out of the box? Well, it's along this theme of permission to speak as you get to speak, you have these gifts, you have these opportunities. They're always behind the door. And speaking to yourself in your head is not public speaking, right? It's like reading a book to ride a bicycle. It's great. You'll learn a lot of technical things, but when you get on that bike, you will never, never, never understand the wobbliness, the balance of a bicycle unless you get on it. Same thing with public speaking. So find those opportunities, find those magic moments, those mic drop moments. Where is an opportunity hiding and how can you seize that? And it's also in the idea of keeping quiet. That silence, the echo was louder than your words. Sometimes the silence helps you stand out. It gives your audience time to catch up to what you're thinking. And it also gives you time to probably think, how do I feel about what I'm talking about? How can I make this impacting? How can I offer something to the audience? It's a way to be unique. Say less. Silenced, golden, too much silence. No, I think I just wrote a poem. <laughs> Bobby, what do you think? Uh, what do you define as speaking out of the box? You know, it's interesting. I have a whole conversation I do about this 
where I talk to speakers about their signature talk, about creating their abstracts, um, their presentations. And one of the questions that I always ask them is, what does the audience expect you to say? Now, cross that out and do something else. And it isn't necessarily that you don't want to deliver what they need. It's you don't want the audience sitting there and going, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. You need to have something that's different. You need to have something that's a surprise. And the best word, I think, when you're thinking about how you can deliver something like that is counterintuitive. I love the word counterintuitive. If you get on stage and you say something so exciting, so unexpected that somebody in the audience who may have been doing their email or not paying attention or chatting with the person beside them lifts up their head and goes, wait, wait, what? No, wait, explain that. Like that's the kind of speaker that you want to be. You want to be the person that says something surprising, that says something exciting. You don't want to be the speaker that says the thing that everybody already knows. So be counterintuitive. Now, counterintuitive just means that people don't expect it and it's not what they expect you to say. You still have to support it. It can't be gibberish. It can't be rubbish. I've heard some things on stage that, you know, I'm like, "Eh, prove that because I don't believe you. So if you say something to grab people's attention, you have to be able to support that statement too. I love this so much. And and I'm going to ask you this question, but I'll give you all a second to think about it. What is the counterintuitive thing that you like to say? Uh, When I am meeting people and they ask me, what do I speak about? I say goal setting simplified, the art and craft of networking and cooking for productivity. Nine times out of 10, we will dive into some weird food rabbit hole, which is awesome. You know, I also hope this is the Deb show, AKA Gold Chat Live. I also host Taste Buds with Deb, which is bite-sized conversation about food cooking and community. So that that's my little pattern disrupt is, and I ha- I now have a whole thing on cooking for productivity just based on the fact that I am a reformed non-cook who found the benefits of cooking. You go, Bobby, what is your out-of-the-box counterintuitive thing that you like to say? I usually tell people that I don't talk about public speaking. I am not the person that you get on stage to lead people through a presentation on how they do public speaking. I am there instead to help them get on stage. Once they get that commitment to be on stage, sure, I got a million speakers around me. There's somebody who will train you and make you look fabulous on stage. But my job is to get you there in the first place. So if people know me and they know Innovation Women, the minute I say, I am not here to train you in public speaking, they go, what? Yes, you are. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm there to get you the opportunity. I am not there to train you how to not jingle your change in your pocket or Uh another weird little thing that you happen to do. Yes, I've done that. Been there, done that. But my job is to get you that opportunity. Yeah. Awesome. John, I think you alluded to your counterintuitive thing, but I think I know what you're going to say. Well, let's see if I'm right. Well, I you won't know this because it just happened today. Uh, uh, Joe Applebaum, an entrepreneur, invited me to uh, have some other entrepreneurs and just work on comedy. And one of the lines that he used during his uh, three-minute piece was, marijuana saved my marriage. <laughs> and we were all tracked in at that point. We're like, okay, finish the story. You got the hook. 
right? So those are the kind of hooks you want to look at, which is two things that don't go together and, and do that. Kathy Armias, uh, TED Talk coach in Portland, says, take a cliche phrase and change it somehow, right? Replace one of at least one or more of the words as the exercise. Two of the, to the, two of the programs or phrases that I use is one is turn on the damn camera, right? Which is all here on virtual. I'm trying to tell people that this is the way to do it. And the funny part about it is I teach a class called turn on the damn camera and actually doing exactly what I said is actually one of the worst ways to get people to tell people, right? To go in and, hey, everyone, turn on your cameras, right? It's like actually the worst way. Uh, the other one that I have as a phrase is, what do I do when I talk about what do I do? I help create virtual meetings that don't suck. <laughs> and again, if I get a laugh like that, then I know that I'm on the right track. Nice. And so, Shelly? It is different saying something like that because you're also speaking from your truth and your heart. You're speaking from, that's what I call mic drop moments. They're real things that have happened to you that when we talk like real people to real people, the audience is responding to that saying, hey, that happened to me too. Now we're connected. Now we're listening. And it isn't always bullet points and catchphrases. It's really hard to digest those when somebody's speaking in a period of time. And one of the counterintuitive, I'm going to go back to the silence. And I would invite everybody to think of what is too long. Because famously, historically, Steve Jobs had incredibly long pauses. And I, I'm talking... 30 seconds, a minute, and nobody, nobody left the room. They, it it like built, built the excitement, perhaps. He was in his own head. He wasn't doing it intentionally. He was thinking, how, what, what's, what about this question? And it takes us time to think and process. And the counterintuitive thing about speaking is playing with that silence because the contrast of the speaking to the silence is dramatic. It's like Isaac Stern said, the music is between the notes. It's just another way to look at it. And I have to add with Shelly, because I've gotten a chance to coach some people that sometimes they drop the most powerful line and then they keep talking. So it sounds something like this, right? Oh, and then he gave me a million dollars. So then I'm going to go on this other part in the story. And you're like, whoa, 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 back it up, right? Then he gave me a million dollars. And just let that sit in the audience so they make sure and hear it. A lot of people were embarrassed about something about the line, whatever it might have been, right? Sometimes it's a big, a vulnerable admission. But then if they try and gloss over it, they miss all that power and impact for that. So I really have to support Shelly and, and like look for the places that you can pause that are that will really, really help you and your audience. We can't process that fast. Our brains can't process and digest and interpret and multitask regardless of what we claim. It's not really that possible. The goldfish theory doesn't exist. We have seconds, yes, to get, who knows if it's the goldfish or the human, but just let it, let, give ourselves time to catch up, to, to interpret it, to, to connect on it. That's huge. So is silence the thing that, that you do that's counterintuitive or do you have a phrase that you let out there to sit in the wilderness when you're speaking? Your echo is louder than your words. Okay, I can live with that. So what are some other things people can do to be more out of the boxy? Shelly. Did you call Yes, me? I made up yeah. another word. No worries. I kind of got it because the Ellie part, you know, just get it right on the paycheck. That's all we worry about. <laughs> Have fun with it. Um, perspective. I would say perspective helps think out of the box because you might say, wow, that was a really amazing dinner. And the way they cooked that Filet of fish was incredible. Well, what 
if it wasn't? So change the perspective. What if the fish was different in a different sauce? What if it was meat? How would change, how would that change your experience? Or what if I love that person and the perspective would be, well, what if that person wasn't there? How would I love them? Or if they were no longer here? And when you take these different perspectives and look at the same situation from different angles, that's a way to give you a different train of thought, a different situation thinking out of the box, you're speaking out of the box because you're looking at the same thing from different angles. I like that. Uh, Bobby, you're looking very thoughtful. I I do have um, many counterintuitive things that I say. I try and work some of them into some of the different presentations that I do. Um, you know, and I try to work them in almost at every different angle. It doesn't have to be when you're on stage either. For example, for the Women in Tech Summit last year, I did this presentation a couple of times. So it's a presentation that I call terrible tech talks, but the description in the program was how to make your tech talk better. Like, okay, great. But the terrible tech talks with sheep got people's attention. And believe me, the minute I said, this is a talk about terrible tech talks with sheep. Yes, I'm talking about lambs and wool and stuff like that. Like people are into it. Not only are they learning something, but they're laughing. They're enjoying themselves. They're having fun. And they're like so many people come up to me afterwards and go, oh my God, I could not imagine how you were going to work sheep into that presentation. <laughs> and yet you did every single step of the way. And I'm like, but you're going to remember the things I taught you and your presentations are going to be better. I, they better be better. I swear they are going to be better if you remember the sheep. So Can you give them, you give them you... some kind of a, a, an analogy or something that they can attach to the ideas that you're sharing. Like these are the types of things that really good speakers should do. I need to know what is one example of the sheep? So one of the problems with a lot of tech talks, um, is you see, um, so I have a, a presentation with slides and I have pictures of sheep. So one of the pictures of sheep is a sheep running away. And I talk about how sometimes speakers go too fast and a great speaker gives a la Shelley uses silences, uses pauses for emphasis, helping the audience understand. But in their minds, people see the sheep running away and they go, ah, somebody who's too fast. There we go. I also have a, a slide where I show uh, it's a field and you can see little sheep off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And I talk about how a lot of presentations that I have seen use data points and they use lots and lots of data points on a slide, a single slide. And I'm, I've got arrows that come in and, and point out the sheep. So there's a bunch of different things that I do. Every single slide has a lesson in it and sheep. I love it. And we're not going to forget that because it made us feel good. It, we're, we're, I'm laughing thinking this is an amazing feeling and I will never forget Bobby's sheep. I'm feeling like the next one of these we do it should just be on analogies. Oh, uh, wow. and, and props. Analogies, props, and we like the world of three. So we'll, we'll come up with the third, but I love how each conversation we have spurns the next one. Um, John, more tips for being out of the box each? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to the Black Owned Business Excellence. It was Joy Hunt Esquire who was speaking and she was speaking about business structures and her analogy 
Well, one, the first analogy was when you don't structure your financial stuff in your business right, you get a monkey on your back. And so she literally had a monkey, right, with the Velcro hands, and she would put it in her back. And when she did Q&A and somebody would say something bad, like, you know, I'm commingling my accounts. I use the same credit card for two companies and other things. She would just go get the monkey and just put it on her back. right? And people would understand that that was not the way you should run your professional business. So, and then the second one was she was talking about LLCs. So she would come up with like three cups and saying, let's say that Deborah has side hustle, right? So Deborah's got her food business and her, her goal business and her book business. So if you make all three of them separate LLCs, she had cups and said, these are all LLCs, put pens in them, saying that's money in them, saying if someone goes to try and sue Deborah for her food company, she got, they got food poisoning, they can't get to her book money or her other, her goal money because it's an LLC. So she poured one cup out and all the pens fell out and, uh, and the other two kept it. And so she was just saying that was a great analogy and use of props that no other speaker, I think, during you know the two days really used. It was valuable and and I remembered it. So that's out of the box. I, you know, my second one is allocate half. Wait, 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 wait. We have oh. to go back to me giving people food poisoning. Could you have thought of a better example? <laughs> you cannot get food poisoning from listening to a podcast. I don't think. Okay, you may continue. Hypothetical. Don't be afeard of Deborah's food podcast. <laughs> it's it's a hundred percent safe, endorsed by John Chen. Okay, but a second tip of being out of the box: allocate half of your time for the audience to speak. If you're afraid of speaking, then give half of the time back to the audience. Right? Ask them questions. Ask what they want to hear to say, and quite often, what they have to say is sometimes better than what you have to say. You know, I mean, nobody can be disengaged on their cell phone when you put the mic in their face and you ask them for a comment. So use half of the time. That's one of the things to be out of the box. Uh, my other one I thought was great here too is Alana Levine just recently said, I got a, I booked a keynote and I just found out it is in the round in a basketball um, stadium. Right. Audiences sitting on all four sides. And she was asking for tips. And I said, one of the tips is walk into the audience, do the things that speakers don't do, which is get off your stage and go walk amongst the people. And people love that. Right. You can because, you, again, you can engage. Them. No one can ignore you. Look, go look at the Grammys last night. Trevor Noah, no one can ignore you when you have a camera on you and a mic and you stand next to the table. Uh, and, and my last one here is use digital tools, right? Look for the tools where, you know, this is, this is the second gift of the pandemic is that people got used to digital tools like Mentimeter and Stream Alive and all of our other good friends, Paul Everywhere, because it's one of the few places, a digital tool is one of the few places where everybody can talk at the same time. Everybody can engage at the same time. So those are some of the things I think you can do to be out of the boxy and be foxy. I love that. And I also, I finished the title of the next topic. It's speaking analogies and bears, sorry, it's speaking analogy props and bears. Oh my. And the, and the, oh my is out of the box is what John did very artfully today was bring stories up about real life experiences that just happened. Your stories, your experiences are unique to you and no one else has them. And you don't, you know, you could speak very naturally to that. A lot of your ums and ahs and whatever you're worried about sort of magically disappears when you're just focused on sharing a story or a moment. And that's when people can so beautifully connect and remember those moments of the pencil cups and the sheep and these really fun moments, real moments. I think that's super helpful in um, thinking out of the box because no one's going to have your story. And again, even if they were in the same room, you both have a different perspective of that story, right? To add to oh, that, Shelley, to add to that, Shelley, I think one of the key things that I love to do is to watch other speakers and look for what works. And you'll gain other tips from other speakers, you know, especially if you're not on stage, just sit and learn and watch what the audience loves. And also watch what the audience hates. 
it's a great we want all speakers to succeed right just like they want you to succeed but something that works for someone else might not work for you or something that doesn't work for someone else perhaps you have a better angle so the research works both ways uh and it going back to perspective and going back to determining your speaking mission uh who are what who are you See, I always talk too fast. I need to get better at that one. Who are you? What makes you unique? How do you help? But that middle thing, what makes you unique? A lot of people, we've got, you know, four different speakers on this panel who all approach it in a different way. And look, amazing magic because everybody comes at it from their own perspective. So anyway... This is the part of the conversation where I would love for you all to gift a goal to the audience. So you've all given such amazing tips, but what is one thing, and it could be something you mentioned, or it could be something brand new. What is one goal, one thing someone could do today, tonight, tomorrow to be either better at speaking, speak more out of the box? Bobby, what goal would you like to gift? I think everybody needs to think about what counterintuitive thing they can be saying as part of their presentations. Okay. Do you have, a, is there like a fun exercise they could do to figure that out? I think a lot of times it comes from talking to potential members of your audience and asking them about what they expect what they need. And sometimes those are two different things. So ask them what they need and then ask them what they expect and see if you can surprise them. I love that. Fun. Awesome. Okay, John, what goal do you wish to gift? I would like to gift the goal to this audience who's listening to this right now to speak <laughs> go find a place to speak and do me a favor invite me to your speaking gig or send me the video and i will do the thing that bobby said i'll go i'll gift you real feedback at no charge nice. right nice. i'll, I'll wow. just do that and the second part is ask your audience for feedback if you haven't seen the latest and cool speaker tools I'm going to chat a link to Takadot, which is the mm -hmm. top way that speakers are getting feedback. It's one of the few times I've gotten up to 100% of the audience to give me feedback at the end of a keynote. That's why I actually think this tool is useful. So those are I second Takadot. <laughs> right? Great yes. tool. Yes, you mentioned that frequently in on Innovation Women. Awesome. Thank you for that. Okay, Shelly, it's on you. What goal do you wish to gift? I wish to gift activation. So if you're feeling nervous about speaking and being on stage, and there's no opportunity to be on a stage tomorrow, well, after this session, after you hear this podcast, what's happening next? Maybe you're going to the market to pick up some groceries for dinner, or you're stopping at the coffee shop to get a coffee have a conversation, speak to the barista, speak to somebody online next to you at the market and look at what's in their basket and ask them a question. Hey, is that chocolate ice cream really as good as they say it is? Start these little baby conversations and baby steps. The comfort of that over time is part of getting comfortable in speaking to anybody anywhere. So those that would be the one exercise that has helped me and has helped many of my clients. Where am I going to speak to? Where am I going next? Start a conversation. Maybe it's a Lyft driver. Maybe it's the customer service person. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your partner. Just ask a question. Start a asking, conversation. Yes. Asking questions is great because most people, and, and it goes back to, you don't have to do all the talking. Ask a question, but also show real interest in the answer and that, you know, don't just hear things, listen and keep the conversation going. So basically the goal is to practice speaking by speaking. Everywhere. 
anywhere at any time about anything. How do you like that? I, I'd imagine this group is very like me and that we will talk to anyone, anywhere, in any situation. Because why not? And why not? it's great practice. That's right. See, we're, we're just kind of like sneaking. It's like sneaking in vitamins. We're sneaking in practice. So I want to give a shout out to Teresa Savadago, who has a whole series of posts that are hashtag curious conversations. That is exactly mm -hmm. what Shelly was saying that she was going to like pick out her phone while waiting in line. And she consciously decided to not pick up her phone and strike up a conversation. And the, the gentleman like unloaded this amazing life story on her. And so if you're curious, I think that's when you'll find the gold. And I just tagged uh, Teresa in the comments on Facebook so she knows that her ears, this is why her ears happen to have been burning today. <laughs> uh, such jam-packed, wonderful information. Friends, where can people learn more about you, what you do, what you have to offer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bobby, go. Innovationwomen.com. Nice, simple. And even if you're not ready to speak or to join, get the newsletter because there's a lot of great information and it's an easy way to step into the community. Yay. John, where can people learn more about you? Well, I'm just going to give the second shout out to Innovation Women too, especially to people who are looking for speakers, especially right, Women's Month is what now or coming up? March. Yeah, March. And so if you're hunting for speakers, free account where you can really see a lot of vetted women, amazing and women friendly uh, ally speakers. You can find me at engagingvirtualmeetings.com. All one word, all lowercase, engagingvirtualmeetings.com. And by the way, the third billionth tip for today is <laughs> change your voice quality at different times during your presentation. Back to you, Deborah. Thank you, John. And Shelly, where can people learn more about you? Remarkablespeaking.com as it's in the chat, but also I have so many great resources and tips and things on speakingresource.com. Just go up there and find all kinds of information to help you improve your speaking. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And as I mentioned before, if you go to uh, thedevmethod.com slash blog, you will get the recap and the replay and the links to this and all of our previous conversations. I love doing the show. Uh, and I am at the Dev Method everywhere. And if you need a little bit of extra help with your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving at your goals at your favorite place to buy books. So whether you've got speaking goals, personal goals, professional goals, actually, you know, put some speaking goals in there because as has been mentioned, the more you speak, the more you're out there, the more you can share your expertise, your business and elevate everything. The more yeah. you will speak too, because speaking begets speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. <clears throat> Before we wrap, friends, uh, what final thought do you want to leave people with? John, final thought? Do you know what? I just want to tell this panel one thing. Thank you. Second that. And Shelly, final thought? Be yourself. Share things that are important to you and that mean something to you. And just like we did today, we learned different perspectives. I learned things. We all share different things. And it makes the conversation more interesting. Definitely. And Bobby, final, final thought. So one of the things I will say is the speaking out of the box also applies to the stages that you seek. It doesn't have to be a traditional stage. There are so many different options for you in terms of speaking and speaking opportunities. That's true. This is speaking, a real life place with people also speaking, virtual, hybrid, 
any opportunity, the grocery store, everything is an opportunity to speak, speak more, and you will speak more. And wait, Deborah, before you go, I got to add this one piece. For those who say they have nothing to talk about, mm -hmm. I can tell you within three questions, I can probably get something that people will want to hear out of you. So if you don't think you have anything to say, think again and figure out what it is. Back to you, Deb. Thank you, John. And, and if you're tuning in, you've got this interest in speaking. It's all in your power. So thank you again, Bobby Carlton, John Chen, and Charlie Goldstein for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in. I'm live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific as Gold Chat Live. And or you can subscribe at the Dev Method everywhere and including YouTube and or also subscribe to the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network, wherever, wherever, hence, whence you get your podcast. Speak. It's fun. Enjoy it. Be out of the box. Go on out there and go for it because it's speaking. We know you can do it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.